2020 podcast. What? It's a 2020 podcast. What? It's 2020 podcast, bro. What? 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 What's going on, everybody? This is this is the what? 20 by 20 podcast, and we are your host, Nathan Fly with the nigga Woodrow man. One time shout out to the nation, a domination. Hey. hey. And shout out to Los <laughs> Boricuas. Word. Shout out to Los Bo- and shout out to the 2020 Latino team. Getting started today. We have a special guest with us today. We have somebody who's an amazing, amazing talent, songwriter, artist. I'm not even gonna call you a rapper. You an artist, hey. producer. Funny. What's going man. on, baby? Man, thank you, man. Man, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. I'm glad we can make this happen, man. This is this is dope. This is some real technology shit. Latinos yeah. on Wi-Fi. I love it. <laughs> Latinos on 5G, bro. Yeah, the Wi-Fi, as we call it in Ciudad de Mexico. Dennis Wi-Fi? We got the Wi-Fi. Yeah, we got the Wi-Fi on deck. It took a damn pandemic to make shit like this happen. Like, yeah, I wasn't man. wanting. I don't think I would have wanted to Zoom with anybody if this pandemic wasn't going on. I want that like face-to-face energy. Yeah, yeah, but man, this is you know if this one goes good next time, next time I make it back up to New York, we'll we'll do a proper sit down. But this oh, is definitely. you know, definitely. Definitely. this is a sign of the times, man. We adapt, we're survivors, yeah. we adapt, we adjust, and we we're gonna make it happen by any exactly. means. Yo, listen, it's new human nature, man. It is what we do. Yeah, we just roll around with it and just make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was I was telling that to my mom the other day because you know like you know. Uh, Mexican moms, Latina moms, like everything is, everything's a disaster, you know? There could be no pandemic and everything's pandemic level chaos, you know, Mm -hmm. like worried about everything. And I'm just like, I was telling mom, I'm like, yo, like we're used to not having shit. First off, we're used to no government or anyone looking out for us, making sure we're straight. So for for people like us, we just keep that shit rolling. Like- We smoke in this quarantine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like we, you know, we're gonna figure out how to put food on the table. We're gonna figure out how to, you know, pay these bills word. because we're used to nobody coming through for us. So we gotta make, word. you know, that's word. And you know, yo, if I look like I'm sleeping, I'm really not. I'm just pretty smack. But I'm good. <laughs> but it's like my eyes are already low, and you know, when Hell I yeah. smoke, you already just, look Filipino and just we did yeah. an interview word. yesterday, and I was like, I looked like I was sleeping the whole time. I was like, yeah, like, Love I gotta it. talk about it before we. uh before we get started, but yeah. Uh, yeah, like like what you were just saying, like just us, you know, coming from that from that cloth, that Latino cloth is like where we're used to all this already. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like we're used to just not having everything and just being cool with what we have and making the best out of it. Yeah. And resilient. I feel like that's what we're doing here and it's amazing. And you know, fuck it, man. Like, yo, this, this is the same shit WWE's doing right now. Yeah, you got yeah <laughs> AEW, all that shit. The show has to go on, right? Oh, I just see, I just seen the UFC this weekend, and yeah. like that shit was crazy. Fire, bro. Yeah, that was and yo, and that was it added like it added like this crazy like yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna lie because I've been to fights before, like in Los Angeles. I've been to like boxing matches in Carson, and like, but man, I think it was just different, like. 
with no crowd reaction, you're just, you're hearing bones break. You're hearing, you know, like Fer- Ferguson got smacked up, boy. Like, oh, word. <laughs> like yeah, bro, he did. Bruh, he did yeah. not look like Kukui out there. He looked like, <laughs> like, po- <laughs> like pobrecito, man. He was kind. <laughs> Yo, you were telling, you were telling your grandma to say a rendition for that nigga, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Light a candle for Kukui. Cause like, I mean, I'm not like a big fan. Of, like, I'm not like, I'm a fan of his, of his fighting, but not like his persona. Cause he kind of reminds me of like a racist Latino cop, you know, like, uh, he got like, he got like racist Latino cop swag. It's like the glasses and the gloves. So I'm just like, man, he's talking a lot of shit, bro. So like, I kind of like his vibe is a little strange, but like, I, I've always liked his fighting, but man, he got Butcher boy, like he got butchered, he got butchered bro. Yeah, he got butchered. But um, like you're you're living in Mexico now. You're you're yes, originally from LA. Yeah. How's uh how's the new norm going out there? Man, oh, you know going out there. Man, um, we're on lockdown. We're definitely on lockdown. Essential businesses are open. It's crazy because like over the last, I, I'm my father's from here, and so we used to come back and forth a lot when I was a kid. You know, but when you're a kid, you like you don't really kind of like, especially when you grow up in the States, you understand like, oh, like I'm Mexican or oh, I'm Latino or whatever, but there's, but there's a detachment from, you know, from like, like there's a physical detachment from the country your family's from. Right. So like when I was a kid, when we'd come to like, you know, Tijuana, Baja or flying to Mexico city, it's always just like, like it wasn't vacation. It's like, oh shit, like we have to come work. <laughs> like you go back to the old country and you do whatever your tia says, whatever your grandma yeah. says, like, you know, you might play like a little Nintendo with your cousins or whatever, like hang out. But like, so there wasn't really like, I mean, like I was always like proud of my heritage. I was always like, I always loved Mexico, but I, I really didn't kind of like understand it till I came back as an adult to do uh, an event for Red Bull uh, Pan America, which is like Red Bull Music wow. Latin America. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they brought me in to do like, hey, we want you to talk about like, your experiences as a Mexican American in the music industry and like, you know, identity and stuff. And I was just like, Whoa, I've never been like asked to like voice that, you know, okay. like it's always been sprinkled in the music and the freestyles and whatever. But like, so like to sit, like to come back as an adult and experience Mexico city, it was just like, I was just like, yo, I'm going to stay here. How and is man- the, uh, how is the hip hop scene out there? Man, the hip hop scene is dope. The hip hop scene is super dope. There's, it's, it's, you know, uh, they have, Red, actually, Red Bull actually throws this event, too. Every year, it's called the, the Batalla de los Gallos. Like the, and it's really, it's a fucking rap battle. And literally, they throw it in, like, one of the biggest, like, venues in the city. And they have them in all different uh, Latin American countries. So it's a fucking freestyle battle, old school, not like smack or whatever, but, like, with the beat, the DJ and these dudes going at it. And they take the, the, the winner from every Latin American country and they do like a big like battle at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's that element of it. Um, there's super like street, street hip hop, street rap from like the barrios. And that has like a more like old school kind of feel to it. Like boom, boom bap. bap. Yeah, boom yeah. bap. But yeah. then there's like a whole wave of like, of, of like you right. know, uh, trap, uh, Mexican trap, trap Mexicano. Yeah. Um, and, that, you know, that, and there's all... <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And also dudes like, you know, on the auto tune dudes going yeah. in on the trap. So you got a lot of different sides. And man, I love it. Like, I fucking love it. You know, before the pandemic happened, like, I take the I take the subway every day. I saw also love Mexico City don't have to have a fucking car. California, 
car everywhere. You know, you yeah. guys are New Yorkers. I know you guys know that shit. Like, yo, if I got somewhere to be, I'm gonna hop on the train and go where I need to go. Oh, definitely. My shit. So I come out of this, like literally one of the stops I come out with, uh, come out of to get to my crib is uh, Metro Insurgentes. And wow. during like the afternoon, you know, around like 3, 30, 4 o'clock, af about after school hours, you always see a group of kids in the cypher with a boom box freestyling and battling each other, talking shit like right outside the Metro. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, like this is kind of like a thing that like, like when I was younger, I came up kind of like at the tail end of that yeah. and like in the, and the tail end of that and the beginning of internet soldier boy era, you know, where you could like use YouTube oh, exactly. and shit. But well, I grew up exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I grew up sneaking yeah. like, bro, I'm 30. I'm, I'm 32. I was like, I had to fucking count. <laughs> I was like, I just, I grew up like 15 years old, sneaking into the, the battles, uh, going uh, all over South Los Angeles, East LA, wherever the rap was, wherever the, the function was, I was, I was there. I was in, so like, so I remember that shit. Nowadays, it doesn't seem like it's, it really exists anymore. You know, maybe you catch some fools like, you know, like freestyling in the park, whatever. Yeah. But like, like culturally, I think like the U.S. has kind of like moved on, not, you know, not moved on. I don't want to say moved on because that's like, oh, we are, I think forgotten that, that kind of element. And like, you know, um, it just seems like really pure. And like when I see those kids out there, I'm like, yo, that was me when I was 15 years old. Okay. That was me when I was 16, like talking shit to like the, 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 the older dudes on the block. And I'm not scared. And sometimes you would you know, you would diss them so hard they want to fucking fight you afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how serious it got. Like, I just feel like, I just feel like that, that area that you're talking about is not that we distance ourselves from that, but I feel like it's just kind of went into this digital era that we're in right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like just talking shit on the gram, TikTok, mm -hmm. and, you know, all I mean, when they approach hip hop in that way, they do it for the love. You know, yeah, yeah, that's that's a purely love thing because you're not getting paid for that shit. You're not. You know, like I remember, I remember as a kid, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, going to these, you know, Zulu Nation parties. Yeah, yeah. In New York City, and they used to have all all the hip hop talent there. When I yeah, mean, yeah. All, like, well, you know, 15 years old, I'm thinking, you know, 98, 99. They had LL Cool J performing there, you know, Man, and then, yeah. then after that, it was like Kumo D. And yeah, yeah. I didn't know who the fuck he was. I knew who he was because I got older brothers and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, you know, like that that stuff right there, like that real hip hop going, going down to the city and just like mm -hmm. discovering everything for yourself. Like, yeah, it, that's not there the anymore. In LA, we had, uh, we had Project Blowed, you know, that's where all like the freestylers. Yeah, I'm up on that, like, uh, No Can Do. Yeah, those are all homies. Dumbfound Dead. Those, yo. Dumbfound is. Yo. Is bro, I've been knowing all those guys because we're all around the same age group. I think No Can and Dumb mm -hmm. are, like, a year older, but we're, we're all pretty yeah. much the same age. Bro, I, we used to, I used to pull up to the battles, and, I, and I'd be like, oh, like, the grand prize is, like, you know, like, $300 or whatever. You know, when you're 16 years old, you're like, oh, I'm about to – I'm about to come up here, serve these cats, get this 300 real quick. And then I'd see like, ah, oh, fuck, man, the Asian dude's here, like, dumbfound dead. Like, or, ah, oh, fuck, no can do's here. Like, yeah, it used to, like, open, open Mike Eagle used to be down there. Like, we used to yeah, run into, yeah, yeah, yeah we used to. Mike Eagle, yeah. Yeah, a lot of dudes. And it's so cool to see, like, you know, dudes who I knew since I was, like, 15, 16, like, still in it, still 
making shit, still making a way, still hustling, still creating, still creating, because that's that's like one of the things, you know, it's like you get older, like, you know, yeah, you, it, it gets hard. Your your priorities change, your responsibility. Maybe you have a kid. Maybe you got, you know, who knows? You know, circumstances are different for everyone. And a lot of the times I think like in this music shit, not everyone could be Britney Spears pop star. Not everyone could be Jay-Z billionaire. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you, you do your best. You try to create your fan base. You hustle and you, you try to improve. But, you know, on the journey, you, uh, you see a lot of people not fall off, but just, you know, get sidetracked with life. Stop. Yeah. yeah. And they just stop. And I think like that's a lot of a lot of like finding your your success and finding your your audience is just like, yo, you like how bad do you want it? Like you just got to keep going. Like it's, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's like, all it is. There's somebody that, you know, we know because um, I used to do the rap thing, too. And I was one of those people that stopped. Yeah. Um. But, you know, we have somebody that we know that, you know, he's probably like in his early 40s right now and he's not all that, but he just keeps going. He just keeps doing it. And it's like, it's kind of like, even though he's not all that, you just got to respect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially from my perspective, like, damn, like, I'm better than son and he kept going though. Like, I was fucking, that's respectful. respectful. But that's like, but that's like, uh, I think that's a, like a common theme, not just like in, in music, but just life, right? Like, okay, like, I mean, I, you know, I went to college, but I dropped out. And there was people who were way dumber than me, people who had less than natural intelligence, but they did the fucking work. And they did their assignments, and they did their essays, and they showed up to class, and they did their fucking finals. And, you know, they put in that work. And that's, that's, that's all it is, is work. Like, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Being, you know, Mexican-American, living in Mexico, like, do they they look at you a little different? They'd be like, oh, mira este gringo aquí. Like, yeah, yeah. Because, like, like immediately, like, they 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 notice like, ah, tu acento, donde eres, donde eres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Viviendo aquí. No, 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 pero donde eres. Like, and I'm like, because you know the California accent, the Chicano accent is different, and okay. you know we grew up like speaking Spanish and English in the house, yeah. like speaking Spanglish, and like you know they like they could tell like oh okay like we understand what you're saying like yeah yeah I feel you but like where are you from I'm like, oh I'm from LA ah okay and like it's weird because like in in LA East LA Little Mexico when you're in when you're in Los Angeles and. Uh, you know, you're around people from El Salvador and Honduras, and or we know. got all that out here too, man. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, like I'm Latino, soy Mexicano, soy Mexicano. But like when you come back, they're like, nah, you you're from there, and like no matter what, that that will never change. Like we, they rock with me, like they fuck with me hard. Like, you know, at first I think there was a little. Not, you're not Mexican, Mexican. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny though. Sometimes like. Like they always ask me, like, "Eres a rockero? Are you like a rocker?" Because like there are like the the, the metalheads, you know what I mean? There are like the the Mexican metalheads that kind of look like yeah, yeah, metal band. Yeah, yeah, that shit is big out there. Yeah, yeah. So it's, that shit is fucking huge, you know? Like, so they're like, "Hey, are you like you're a rapper? Are you metalhead?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm just I'm chilling, bro. I'm just I'm just like a like Mexican American kid." But like you know, in in the states, I always identify as like, "Oh, I'm Mexican. I'm Mexican." But at the same time, like I'm kind of like. I'm kind of like used to that because my 
like my two older brothers, super banged out cholos, like Moreno. Like if you look at, I'll send you a, I'll send you a flick of all of us together. Like if you look, if you look at all of us, like lined up, me and my siblings, you're like, oh, one of these things is not like the other, you know? Like, and my brothers used to like, yo, they used to do that shit too. Like they used to like, you know, all their homies, everyone on the block, like, yeah, white boy, big head, you know, like try to beat the shit out of me or whatever. So there's always been like this thing of like, you're not Mexican enough. You're not Mexican enough. And I'm like, yo, fuck you. Like the Mexican, just like you could attest to this, uh, you know, the Mexican, uh, the Mexican experience is not a singular thing. It's not a one dimensional thing, yeah. you know, because I know people in Mexico city, cause there's a lot of money in Mexico city. I know some people who are like, you know, who are more Spanish. They look like they're from fucking Spain and they take pride in their Spanish heritage and they live on the big side of town. Like Ric Flair would say, they live on the big side of town, you know, and they got all the, you know, and they got the money and they got this and that. And, you know, in their mind, they're living the Mexican experience, but that's not the same as someone from like Iztapalapa or Tepito who's like in the hood hustling, doing their shit, you know, like not everyone's got a fucking ha- a maid so it's like what is the mexican experience right. so so i've been i've been kind of like fighting with that like most of like most of my life but now i'm at this point i'm just like you know what like i got like the old the og vatos and like my <laughs> older brothers calling me from jail like hey bro you you're in mexico doing that shit like yeah. you know like like are you good are you scared i'm like nah bro like i get love out here there's like posters and fucking you know advertisements with my fucking face on it and people show me love and i mind my business i'm not flashy you could you know so what's gonna happen you try to rob me i ain't, I ain't got shit <laughs> so it's like you know well, like, like I, I feel you on that because you know me me growing up you know me being dominican out here in new york city it, it's a, it's a little different it's yeah like when you when when you're this tan yeah you know <laughs> like They'd be like, oh, you're not, you're not Spanish. Yeah. Yo, listen, yo, my man, you ain't black enough, my nigga. You ain't black, my nigga. Yo, you, you know, you uh, mira, mira, nigga. Like, yeah. like I, I've heard this before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, damn, like, yo, y'all niggas don't want to be friends because of this. I was like, all right, bet, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'll do my own shit. Yeah. And my, my close-knit group of people, a lot of them is a lot lighter than me. Yeah. You know? But it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I keep on moving myself as it is through the culture. Yeah. Like my, my boy right here, my boy Woodrow know, like I, I known this dude for like 20 plus years. You know what I'm saying? And you know, like just going through all that and everything like that. Like it is what it is, man. You know, it, it's something you're gonna go through mm-hmm. and just keep it moving. Yeah. You know, but upon like my further, you know, uh exploration into like what it means to be Latino and like, especially living, you know, now living in Latin America, like we find a lot of that stuff, like, Oh, like you're lighter. Oh, you're, you're too Moreno or, Oh, you're not black enough. This, that, all that stuff is like internalized. And that all, that all comes from, you know, like systems of oppression, like colonial oppression, you know, it happened in Mexico. It happened all over the Caribbean happened. all Yeah. Like, literally all over the world but among but amongst latinos it's still like this you know it's it you know everyone wants to be like oh like yeah yeah latino gang so much latino so much latino so like all right how many like black friends you got how many moreno friends you got 
because there are black people in Mexico. There are black people all over Latin America. Exactly. And, and you know, there's even people like I've met from like Puerto Rico, Dominican, the, from the DR, from, you know, wherever. And they'll be like, you know, black, black. And they're like, no, I'm not black. Like, like what? Like, you wild, bro. Yeah. Mexico, Mexicans, y'all niggas is la raza. Y'all the race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So like, y'all, y'all like the Aztecos and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys are that. So it's like, you guys have like this long, rich history. Yeah. Um, I'll be doing fucking rap videos in the pyramids, yo. You got to do it like that. Man, I know. I, I got to, man. I've been, I've been thinking about that. It hasn't been done yet, but I'm trying to do something. Trying so, to do something icy up there. Give me, like, give me like Mexican shaman vibes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, shaman men out there, like long hair, bushy beards. Like you look like you out here healing the youth and shit. So. Man, maybe maybe I am through my music. I don't know, man. Because I always like, I always just thought I was just like telling my story and being like some, you know, like. I always make the joke like I like I know like I'm nice or whatever, but I'm like man, my dumbass rap songs, you know, just like to keep myself in check, you know, like oh yeah, man, but, yeah, but like kids will like hit me up, be like, yo, like you're making some really healing shit, talking about loving yourself and watering your plants and being proud of where you're from, and like exactly. I'm like, oh shit, that's why like when I do things like Sway or like L.A. Leakers, like for me, like you know, as someone who doesn't have like high power manager, like crazy label connections. Like when I get those opportunities, like I have to say something that's gonna like, not just be dope, but like, you know, uplift, uplift my people. Not just my people, but like whoever, whoever, whoever it touches, like whoever needs to hear it, but like, but like mostly like put on for, you know, for, for Latinos, for Mexicans, for Mexican Americans, because the, I mean, y'all know this, like they never portray like Latinos in a positive light ever, like in media or anything. Like you either, you know, when you watch the movies, it's always like, oh, he's like, again, you know, if there's a Latino in the movie, it's 10, 10 times out of 10, he's like a gang member or a fucking. He's got a tank top on and a knife. <laughs> In his pocket, for sure. Yeah, I'm like, reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> or you know, even like, even like, even like the way, like, even even the way, like, they depict, you know, in those movies, like, yeah, ese vato que onda loco. I was like, bro, like, like, like Chicanos, even like the Cholo gang members. I know, like, nobody talks like that no more. <laughs> like, like, that shit's like, like you're. Like it's 2020, and like you're depicting Mexicans as like this, like you know, 1990s, you know, stereotype. Oh, like, blood in, blood out, fucking yeah. Fucking, uh, <laughs> what's the name? John Aware almost and shit. Like yo, bro, it ain't like that no more, bro. I love all that shit, man. Cause like my brothers, they, bro, my brothers, my my older primos, they were like, like blood mi familia, blood in, blood out. <laughs> like yeah. Um. How did you how did you manage to get on Sway your first time like with no backing or nothing like that like how did you accomplish that Man crazy story so the homie who's also a big wrestling fan uh, Emilio Sparks Shout out to Emilio on Yeah you know every everyone knows Emilio Russell <laughs> Rap yeah, 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 yeah. That's not so, bro. Good dude. Yeah, he, he, yo, he's really for the culture, music, wrestling. He really puts on, like, for yeah. real. He was, um, he was doing programming, uh, at Shady 45, and somehow he found, like, one of my videos where, like, I, like, I said, like, 
I was in my backyard, like barbecuing carne asada, like drinking beer, like rapping, like talking about Vader and shit. And he's like, yo, this is dope. So we started putting my tunes in rotation at Shady 45. And then I was like, hey, I got this project coming out. Um, like, uh, can, like, what do you think the chances are I could be on Sway? He's like, I could ask. Cause like, I, you know, I had like these like semi-viral freestyles and everyone knew like I was writing songs for people and I was, you know, running in some circles, but like, I was like always kind of in the background. And then he told Sway and Sway's like, yo, bring him up. And boy, I was like keyed out of my mind. Like, but it was like a bunch of shit. I was already over it. Like I was already to leave the U S like, cause right after I did that freestyle where I was coked out in the white suit, like I went to New York, maybe like I had enough money for, for a one way a one-way ticket there, I had like maybe like a hundred dollars. Like, and, and you know, in New York, that's gone in a day. Yeah, you can't like, leave the house. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like a sandwich, a taxi. Like, <laughs> you can't do shit. Like, so and after that freestyle, like, like the phone was blowing up. Like, yo, is he still in town? Can can he come and do a feature? Can he do this and that? So I ended up like making like a little bit of money and staying in New York for like a month just working like sleeping right. on the homie's couch, like doing label meetings, trying to figure it out. And I was just like, man, like I got this thing in Mexico. Like I'm going to go see what that's about. But I was already kind of checked out. But yeah, Emilio plugged, Emilio plugged that, that first sway. So it was good. It was good. Dope freestyle. Yeah. yeah. You was funny. You had me laughing. So no, I was. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. You was turned up. You was turned up. But that was like, shit. Like, the, the the stuff that you were speaking, not even on only on that freestyle, but the the second the second freestyle that you did with Sway, like I, everything everything tied in together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everything was a story, and I love that shit. And another thing that I really love is this EP that you came out with right now. Man, thank you, thank it, you. This homebody EP, yes sir, homebody. <laughs> It, it basically, you know, talks about everything and how the world is working right now. Like, what was the vibe, right? What was the vibe recording those those tracks? Man, I did, I think, like, the week, uh, like, the week before it, uh, it actually came out, um, I was just every day. Because, man, we're, we're locked inside, you know? Like, we're locked inside. And my, my line of thinking is, like, I live in the most populated city in North America. There's 28 million people in Mexico yep. city. So the minute that like, and it was, it was kind of late coming here. So only now are the numbers starting to go up, you know, yeah. but for up until like, up until like the beginning of April, there's like, Oh, there's only like, like 300 cases. But like pff, now we're like, we're at like 15 K 20 K whatever. But I'm just like, like immediately I'm like, Oh man, like once that shit hits here, that's just, you know, it's going to be like New York because yeah. it's so dense and it's bodies on bodies in the yeah, shit, man, that, that, that right there just kills everything. Like kill, kills like any flow of anything getting normal. Cause, you, cause, you're, normal. cause there's no, there's no space. <laughs> there's no space for nothing. Like your elbow to elbow, like neck to neck. If it's when you, when you yeah, big to butt on everybody. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> bro, riding that subway during peak hour, man. For, I've had people like on my neck, bro, and I'm like, you know, welcome to New York City, baby. Yeah. Man. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. So the week before it came out, I was just I set myself in this routine. Like I tried to, you know, I, 
I, I keep up obviously with the news. I do like, okay, what's, what's the morning news like? What's the evening news like? But I try not to be like on the phone all day just getting hit in the head because everything, literally there's no good news about nothing. <laughs> like, exactly. you know, like. You bad shit going on and they're going to tell you. Yeah, and like especially with social media, like the conversations that go on, you're just, you're boom, boom, you're hitting the head with that shit all day. So it's not like I'm not trying to be aware, but she's like, all right, let me see, you know, let me let me let me get the gist of what's happening let me see what what's going on and let me get my routine like you know do a little you know make my breakfast clean the house listen to some beats uh set my little shit up and just it it was like a diary i felt like it was a diary like every day it was like let me just you know let me like burn through these thoughts like what am i feeling right now in this moment yeah because that was the intention i was like yo like i'm gonna I was, I knew it was going to come out on the first. So I had like, I had like seven days and I did like, I think I did like 25 tracks and then I just picked like my favorites and like, wow. yeah, the ones that like made the most sense. I was recording like two or three songs a day, just shirtless, like shirtless in my chanclas, like just like literally in, in the kitchen. And then, um, and then my homie who's a producer and DJ down here, Lado from Nafi. I was like, all right, I'm going to finish the songs. I'm going to like, I'm going to get them the, the basic gist of it. And I'm going to shoot them the files so we could clean it up, get the levels right. But right. I wanted it to sound like, like kind of like manic clean. and it, yeah, manic and in the moment, but still clean. Like that it's not like distorting your headphones or speakers, but I'm like, it needs to sound kind of like raw yeah. without like the big studio shine because yeah. that's men mentally, that's not where I'm at. That's not where the world's at. So like, you know, like for me, uh, you know, when I see like something is like flossy, uh, not flossy, but glossy and clean and like, like, like that new Drake shit. I was like, bro, read the room. Like, like people are like dying. People don't got food in the house. And like, you're doing court, you know, choreographed dances in your big ass mansion. I was like, I was like, this ain't it, bro. Like this is, it's to me, it's like, it's that's like, not the, that's not the era that we're living in right now. Yeah. I was like, I was like, bro, like, wait, wait till we could go outside and we could Tootsie slide and, you know, like, and it's, it's not a slight to him, but it's just like, like, we don't need this right now. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel real. So like, and I love all that shit. I love, I love pop. I love underground. I love trap shit. But I was like, I'm not trying to see like people doing fucking money phone and flossing their watches and talking about how good life is. I was like, that's fucking, that's cool. You're showing me we got to eat you first when this shit goes down because you got, <laughs> we got to eat you first, bro. I'm sorry, uh, Quavo and Offset. Like we got to eat y'all first. I, I knew, I knew you was, you were, you were different because when I heard your musical influences and from what I heard was it's Cameron and Axl Rose. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, shit, that shit is like two different spectrums and shit you know yeah. Oh, yeah us hearing cameron we're like oh bro he's my favorite rapper ever and people are like like what like i'm like yo but bro, people don't like, understand like people need to hear sde yo man horse and carriage bro like they gotta hear <laughs> you know what i mean a lot of people i think uh because like he has like this wave where like especially like in 2011 2012 where he had like this wave where it just like you know, kids who didn't really grow up on his music were seeing his fashion and like the image, like Cameron, I think Cameron was the first meme, the whole like you mad shit. That was probably the first meme I've ever seen in my life, bro. 
Ever. 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 When he was on his like humpty dumpty, lumpty dumpty. From who he was, but I mean, we're from New York. We we used to be uptown. We used to be yeah. on, we used to be in Washington Heights, so we know who Cameron. Yeah, I, bro, I used to go on uh, youmad.net and get, like, the Dipset yeah. mixtapes. <laughs> like, That's classic right there. Uh, one thing, I, man, one thing that I've, I've seen that's consistent through all of your all of your work, like, even from, you know, uh, Narles Davison and the Marble Man to what you're doing now is your, your fractionation with wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I hear the punchlines. I hear the little lines. Yeah. Here, here. You know what I mean? Like, you even had a song, the Hoventu song. Yeah, yeah. And, and, ho- and homie loved it. Yeah, yo, Hoovy loved it. And he called me because I put it out on my birthday. Like, before this whole pandemic shit happened, I was like, because I'm, I'm still, like, working on, like, what's going to be the next album. But that's on hold because that's not the mode. So yeah. when, the new, when the new year started, I'm like, yo, I'm going to put out double singles every month. And then, like, I'm going to put out two songs a month. Like, whatever they do, they do while I, you know, to buy me some time so I could work on this shit. And then the EP happened. But so Hooventu was for my birthday. And, yeah, I put that shit out. And he fucking loved it. And, like, he gave me, like, he like he cut a promo from, like, Acapulco or something. He's, like, by the pool with his mask on. Like, like, <laughs> it's muy talentoso. <laughs> Yo, that shit was beautiful, bro. Like when I seen that, I was like, "Oh man!" Yeah, I, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't know anything about you until I heard you on Wrestle Rap. Oh, where, where? I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, speak. I was like, all right, cool. So I did, you know, I did my little research and went through all all your stuff. There's a lot, <laughs> yo, a lot, bro, a lot. You know, like I, I seen that, you know, you work with Sid the Kid. That's the homie, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And like these are people that I I've met on my on my trail when I used to work at Def Jam. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm like yo, listen, I, I could have been met this guy. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, I was definitely in the building. I was in the buildings around like 2011 and 12. I but was like, there. I was there. Bro. But like the the there. building, the build. I don't know if the buildings really uh really liked me too much. But I was a little dick. I thought like I knew everything. I thought everyone was like I was super paranoid. I just didn't know. I was young. I didn't know the ins and out of Oh, ins yeah, and outs, yeah. You you, so. were just, you were just you know going going around the motions and going around the feelings, but uh, going back to going back to wrestling, like what what was who was that one talent or that one situation where you were like, yo, I love this shit right here. I love professional wrestling. Man, like you know my my older brothers, my dad loved like not only like lucha libre but like WWF. Mm. So like. Um, so I just, at, at, as far back as I could remember, I could remember like ultimate warrior, Hulk Hogan. Like I'm, you know, I'm that old. Like I, even when I was a little ass kid, I could remember that stuff, but probably, probably around like, you know, the nineties, like the early nineties never was like, Oh, the new generation era was like, was like, it was gimmicky and stuff. But I was like, yeah, but like, but, but. But there was like those shining moments, you know, there was like Owen Hart, Bret Hart, Razor, Diesel. But like Shawn Michaels was always like, I love the Rockers when I was a little kid. <laughs> and, you know, I, I love the Rockers. So I think like, I think it was like Shawn Michaels was the guy for me. Like yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like um, I remember, dude, my dad took a second job and hustled up 
because they came to Anaheim for uh, WrestleMania uh, 12. Yes. Yeah. And we we sat in we sat in the nosebleed, and now it's the like, yeah we sat in the nosebleed when when Shawn Michaels came in on the on. I'm sorry to cut you off real quick. This is right here. The boyhood dream. I, I need to send you this. Bro, I love that. The you boyhood dream. I was there for the boyhood dream, man. Like you let me know where to send it. I got you, my brother. Yep. Bro, that's that's the one, man. But at, you know, they wrestle for an hour. Like in that time at, at the time, maybe like in you know, like the old uh, WCW, NWA, 80s days, like, you know, Rick, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, and those guys went an hour every night. Yeah. So, but like for the WWF audience, that was something new and it was just like, yeah. And so that whole, I think that whole, I've always loved wrestling, always had it on, but that whole like 96 run where Shawn Michaels had the strap and you know, where he went against uh, Diesel, uh, good friends, better enemies, and he hit him with a prosthetic leg. <laughs> and then just, you know, that whole 96 was like the real transition, man. Cause like, uh, you know, that like they were already kind of like transitioning away from Bret Hart. Uh, Stone, like that Survivor Series, Austin, Bret Hart in 96, Fire, uh, Razor and Diesel jumped to WCW. Man, that made me a fan. And then when I flipped o- up over to WCW and I seen Ray Jr. and Hooventude and La Parca and all these guys, I'm like, yo, like, I've seen these guys in CMLL and uh, AAA because that's yeah. what, like, my cousins and my dad and my tias watch. Like, yeah, like, I, I, was, wa- I was watching that out here in uh, crazy because we had, we had Galavision. Oh, yeah, yeah, Galavision. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, like as a kid, I used to watch Blue Demon Junior. Yeah, all these guys. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm like, yo, this is this is something different. Cause my my mom. Oh, I don't know if you're still here. I don't know if you're here. It's seven o'clock, so like everybody's banging pots right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like I got into wrestling because of my moms and my aunt. Like they, they were they were like, in, you know, crazy about the shit. So they they first had me in AAA watching Galavision and yeah, yeah. taking me to Madison Square Garden to watch Macho Man, Man. Hogan, Bret Hart, not, and even only Bret Hart, but like the Hart Foundation, Demolition. Jim, yeah, yeah. And Love Demolition. Crazy. Oh, what, bro? Yo, did you, did you see, um, what was it, uh, Dark Side of the Ring last night? They had the road, the road warriors. I'm gonna catch. I'm gonna catch it today because we don't. We don't got the vice out here. But I got like the, I got the little the little link. So I got <laughs> yeah yeah pirate, pirate everything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna that peep that it though. Like fire. that shit was fire. But just like you know shit shit like that. That shit just had me, it had had me so engaged into everything that was going on with pro wrestling. Yeah. And then just growing up, you know, like I I kind of kind of fell off and then got right back onto it. And then seeing the parallels within hip hop. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Just, yeah, it just it draw it draw me through to that, bro. It was just an amazing They're, thing. They've always been connected too. Always been connected. So, yeah. Have you been to any any live events over in Mexico? Oh yeah, I go to like I live like a fifteen minute walk from the Arena Mexico. So, um, I make every I say like maybe like every other month of like I'll go down and you know you pay like. You know, 300 pesos, like 15 bucks, ringside seat. And you could, you know, and you like, I see like, there's a lot of talent in Mexico, like Valador, Rush, who was like the Ring of Honor yeah. champion. 
Over at Nautilus. Yeah, man. Yo, uh, last summer, Naito came. I got a picture with Naito because, like, they sent, you know, so Naito came and he did, like, a Mexico tour. So I got I got a picture of Naito, too. They did um, uh, War of the Worlds. It was an ROH oh, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. ROH versus New Japan, right? I, I, yeah, yeah. Damn, that looked like the one, man. Yeah, so. yeah, that shit was fire, bro. Like, you know, Jay Lethal. I, I was Love Black Machismo, man. Jay Lethal. Black Machismo, yeah, exactly, bro. <laughs> Has like the best Macho Man impression. Talented, bro. He's so talented. So great, so great, man. Um, just Naito, like he was just very. He looked very starstruck. You know, like yeah. New York City and shit. Like, oh shit, like yo, I'm in New York. Yeah. Yo, my nigga, like yo, you know how many fucking you know Japanese and Korea towns we have out here, bro? Yeah, like, like bro, yo, you're a good. star. You're a like you're a global star, bro. Like people exactly. love you. Bro, the, the the show where he, he wrestled in Mexico, that shit was sold out like two weeks in advance. Like and usually you could go to you could go to the Arena Mexico and like walk up and get a good ticket. You know, they fit about I think they, they could fit like eight K in there and okay. it's the oldest luchador arena in the country. And um, you know, when uh La Sombra was down here, when Andrade was still La Sombra, yeah, you know, and before and and Mystico, they used to sell that shit out. Like when, yeah, when Mystico was like the hottest thing uh, down here. Like, I mean, I didn't see it because I, I hadn't moved yet. But all the homies were like, yo, like Lucha Libre on a Friday, you can't get a ticket. Like he was selling out 8,000 seats like every Friday for like six months. Like, like that's why the homies on Raw, bro. Yeah, that's they, they had to they had to sign them up. That guy could hold the big belt and and make and make shit happen. They just gotta give him, you know, they gotta give him the push. Yeah, yeah. So um but yeah, man, like I, I go down to the events. Well, you know, over the last before the pandemic, over like the last like two years, Mexico City has become like this like weird, like hot city where like a lot of homies from New York, LA, Miami, Chicago, homies from London, everyone wants to come. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I'm always like you know, when you, when you make the rounds and you travel, you know, people hold you down and stuff. That's like, it's like a fraternity, you know, it's a cool like brotherhood, this art yeah. shit, this music shit. So when people come, like, I'm always like, like, they're like, yo, what's, what's good? I'm in town. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck man. Like, cause you know, like I'm not a tourist. Like I live here. Like my homies are here. My studio's here. My girls, like my, my, my literal life is here. So yeah. it's just like, bro, I just can't just drop what I'm doing and like go hang out and like drink tequila all day. Like, I'm not on vacation. Like I work every day, yeah. but you know, I'm, I make the, you know, I'll, for the, for the right homies, I'll make the, I'll make the exception. And they're always like, let's go to Lucha Libre. And I'm like, yes, I'm in. So yeah. <laughs> ain't no more. Um, with uh, the way wrestling is now, like we have, you know, the, you know, non fans, empty arena shit going on right now. Like, how do you feel about that? Like when, when you, when you view it, like what, what's your, what's your immediate thought about that? I mean, I think I think from being a fan and being, you know, a fan at the live events, it's definitely missing something. Cause you know, like, you know, when your favorite comes out, you need to hear the pop. When someone gets a near fall, but they kick out, they get their shoulder up, you need to hear that reaction. When someone gets chopped in the chest, you need to hear, whoa, you know? So it's like, <laughs> so, so it's strange, man. It's really, it's really strange. And I wish, you know, my whole thing is like, like I understand, like, like, you know, Vince McMahon's gonna get money regardless. That's yeah. that's just what he does. 
at, you know, like the cons and AEW, they're a brand new company and there's a, you know, they're not even barely a year old and there's fucking pandemic. Like, so you got to keep the, sh- and they got TV deals, their sponsors. So I, I get it, man. My, my, my main thing is like, I just want, I just want the talent to be safe, you know, like, cause Definitely. like, I know, I know they got to eat too, you know, they got, they got a job to do, but it's, it's not an ideal situation. I don't think for like a lot of, you know, cause you, you never know, like you never know who, you know, the food delivery guy you might come in contact with or, you know, the Uber driver, whatever, you know, could infect the talent. And the next thing you know, you got a whole sick roster. So that's, that's my main concern. Cause like they're out there and like, I know that a lot of them have the option. Like Roman Reigns was like, nah, I'm not going to do that shit. Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Bing got it. Who, who got it? Oh, I seen that. Right when they put the strap on him. I mean, he's like close with these guys too. Like, so yeah. whoever he wrestled can have it. Like, yeah, Nakamura or fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. or uh, Cesaro. Cesaro. Yeah. No. So that's my main concern. Like, man, like, I understand. People got to get paid, you know, their sponsors to make happy and stuff. It's just like, man, be safe. And like, man, and, and all those cuts really kind of rub me the wrong way. Because despite the pandemic or whatever, like WWE still getting paid. No, oh, like, yeah, they still getting paid. Definitely. It's, it's definitely like, still getting paid. it's like, man, to cut somebody like in the midst of like this, yeah, this crisis. Business, bro. Yeah, it's like. I, I also feel like that. You know, they even said, and a lot of these talents were saying that, you know, they came into an agreement on a, on on the money tip. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them were still under contract. So they got paid for leaving. Yeah. And most of these people that got paid for leaving is people that wanted to leave, that voiced their displeasure and all this other shit. Yeah, like the, like the revival, the, the yeah, club. That, that's why sometimes I, I feel like, you know, if you got a displeasure and you're trying to voice out your opinion, you're like, yo, keep it, keep it within the industry. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep, yeah. it, within, keep, keep it within your, you know, your workplace and don't put it out there like that. Cause like when shit like this pops up and niggas got to cut, you know, shit from all ends, they looking at you first. Yeah, because it's all gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll be like, oh, you know what? This motherfucker wanted to leave. Yo, yo, pa' fuera. Yeah, yeah. I seen that like I seen that like the revival wanted to dip for a long time, and but just see, they said they're happy. Yeah, but WWE they just came to a new contract, so it seems like WWE was like throwing money at a lot of these people just just to not have them go to Japan or Mexico or AEW. Definitely, definitely. I make cuts. All right, go. That's Vince, man. That's Vince on his bullshit. That's, I mean, like, but he's he been doing that since the 80s. Like, he was buying up those territories. He didn't need all those guys, you know? He was just like, I'm going to have them so you can't have them. So he you can't. Like, he was like, yo, I'm going I'm to get Dino Bravo, Tino Mar- uh, uh, Tito Santana, yeah. and Don Morocco. I want all them motherfuckers. I'm yeah, like, Greg Valentine. And- <laughs> he's like, I'm going to make one win the Royal Rumble, one have the Intercontinental title for 30 days, and that's about yeah. it. But yo, yeah. Um, so like a rapper buying up all the beats so none of the rappers can yeah (laughs) that's exactly what it is that's like that's that's like having the ultimate bankroll going to like whoever's the the five hottest producers in the game be like yo let me lock you down in a production deal not just buy your beats let me get you in a production deal so you only produce for me like 
Exactly, but yeah, it's, it's it's insane, cold man. world, man. Cold world, beyond cold, beyond cold, man. Um, so with the way pro wrestling is now, you know how we have like no fans and all that shit. Have you seen yourself gravitating to want to watch the pay per view events that's coming around, or you're more like, yeah, let me just see what it is after afterwards. Man, I wasn't I wasn't too hyped on like Mania, anyways. I, t- I tuned in for a little bit. I didn't watch both nights. Like, like I didn't I didn't even watch Money in the Bank yet. Like, I'll catch like, I guess I'll catch it like when I got some time, you know, yeah. or, like when I ain't got shit to do. I, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of been wrapped up in this fucking Nintendo Switch, man. The, the Animal Crossing is popping. My <laughs> island is popping right now. <laughs> Chingonia, my my island's called Chingonia. That shit is <laughs> booming. So, you know, like the EP did good. So I, the, the EP did good. So like I paid some bills and I was like, let me, let me get a switch. Like I don't, I don't own, like I don't own shit. I don't own like a TV. Like I don't got video games. So like I treated myself, but I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and like watch money in the bank. Like I watched, like I went back and watched like, uh, I guess like not the highlights, but the the high points of the WrestleMania show. Like I saw like the, the full boneyard match. I saw, uh, I saw what else the uh, yo the Bray Wyatt shit was the best. That shit. Was All right. What what's your thoughts on that? Like that that whole cinematic feel to the matches. That shit. I think they owe Matt Hardy a check because he invented that shit. <laughs> 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 Matt Hardy invented that shit. Yo, like, I, I feel like they wanted him there for that, and he was like, "Yo, I just don't want to be a producer." Like, yeah, I feel like he wanted to be a producer and then be a part of the production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cause he invented that shit. No, like that's yeah. like, oh, yeah, or at least he made it like. I'll super- give him that. I'll yeah. give him. That's him. That's the bro- him. Did the, the whole fucking you know uh, House of Hardy and yeah. You know what's crazy though? Cause like uh, before, like two weeks or one week before WrestleMania, he appeared on AEW. Right? He like debuted and yeah. he teleported, and all these like smart ass fans were like, "What the fuck is this? This is bullshit." He's teleporting and blah blah. I was like, "Okay," but then like a week later, they're like, "Oh my god, AJ Styles is dead!" Like, ugh. like it's the same shit. It's kind of like in the same vein of theatrics, right? So and it's I like, feel that's what's missing in yeah. <laughs> to bring that back, like. Yeah, bro. Like, yo, we don't need to have like real life characters. Like, I don't have to be a wrestler and be like, yo, I'm Joe Schmo over here from the Bronx. Like, yo, fill me out. Yo, ah, like, yeah, no, nigga. Like, I-, I need somebody that looks like the Undertaker. Yeah, it, I think it could be a mix, right? And I think maybe that's what like made like the Attitude Era like like kind of fire, right? Yeah. Is that I mean, like, it was a cool middle ground. There was still like zany characters. Like, but there was like, okay, if you want the real all-American redneck guy, whatever, you could you could root for Austin. Oh, but you want to see someone uh, do a crucifixion and get buried alive? Oh, we got the Undertaker. We got like uh, mankind, multi uh, personality disorder. So there was a mix of like this reality and like these more real characters. But WWE has always had like these kind of like zany shit. But like, but it can't be like goofy zany. Like I want like. Like what the Undertaker did, like I like that shit. I like that shit. The re- the reality part of it is dope too, but then you have too many white dudes with beards and greasy hair, and they all yeah. look the same. You have Rollins versus McIntyre; they look like brothers. Yeah, like, that shit. <laughs> shave that goatee matches. Yeah, it's like what like, happened to the pageantry, right? Like Macho Man in his outfits, like exactly. Nobody, exactly. nobody had that the nappy hair of Macho Man plus his. <laughs> 
You know Plus the I'm bald saying? spot. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Billy Snooker was a real nigga, but he was coming through with some polka dot like cheetah tights and shit. Yeah. Body yeah. Piper was a real nigga, but he was coming through with the kill. Like yeah, you gotta have like these. You gotta have, and that that's that is what's missing. That's what's missing, I think. Like you um, said, the pageantry, bro. That's what yeah, like because Macho Man was just like, I mean, what was literally the Macho Man's giving? Nothing. It's just a swagged out, probably coked up, bro. Like with yeah, like, with just. Fly gear. Lose his wife, you know, all that, all that plastic. <laughs> yeah, he was, yo, he was for sure. Yeah. Yo, Liz, I always say Liz. Toxic match, man. Say it, say it, say it. She had like the craziest battered wife syndrome I ever seen. That's <laughs> yeah. Macho was for sure abusing her, bro. Like, yo, yo, there was this one, um, this one promo he did where she's, you know, rubbing the belt down, like, you know, policy. Yeah. He's like, rub it out! Rub it <laughs> out! Like, he's screaming at her. Like, yo. Bro, faster! <laughs> Mach, Mach was, he's so intense, so next level, man. Like, uh, I love the, the, uh, yeah, I, I was always a Mach guy. Like, I was always a Macho, Macho Man guy. Um, like, even, like, the Mega Powers promo where he's just, He's just dragging Hulk Hogan. He's like, you, you're a, yo. And then like all these years later, you're like, damn, he was telling the truth. Yeah, like, macho, your yeah, yeah, Macho wasn't the bad guy. That's the crazy thing. Like he was just speaking facts. He's like, you want the title? You want my bitch? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> He's like, you're jealous, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you're jealous, brother. Yo, he was stating Facts. And bro, I, and then like you find out what happened in reality, like bro, Macho was not fucking with him. Yo, yeah. I'll never forget like arguing with my mom. My mom's like, but Hulk Hogan. I'm like, no, like he's the bad guy. Yeah, I understand this. Yeah, even like when Hulk Hogan, like now that we're older and we know, like even like you know that was like a lot of Hulk Hogan's thing, like Hulk Hogan versus like the foreign bad guys. Like, bro, the foreign bad guys were just immigrants trying to make it happen, bro. Like. Like Hulk Hogan's, Hulk Hogan's the bad guy. For real. <laughs> yes, 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 man. That's weird. Right, and then and then like it comes out like all that shit like you know obviously like the Hulk Hogan character it's like you know this all American good guys it's supposed to be inspirational then like when you know when that wall was broken down and you and you start to hear the shoots and you start to hear like you're like oh this all right Hogan's a piece of shit oh and he's racist. Hey. <laughs> Never knew that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. Hogan called me a nigga. I was like, oh damn. Yeah. Love Hogan my whole life. Just got that memo. Fuck. Yeah. I need to do. I need to do like a fake promo where like I like I get all dressed up and I just go in a Hulk. You called me a wetback Hogan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> called me a beaner, brother. <laughs> brother, hermano. Hermano. <laughs> oh shit. I'll never yeah, forget you for true. calling me a beaner, Hogan. <laughs> Macho Man was what like, definitely one of those that who else was going to go against Hogan like that at that time? Yeah. Like, who else was on Who's that? Who went against him? Conan, bro. <laughs> Conan was fire. Yo, before even Con yo, Conan was, well, even still, like, he's such a, like, a celebrity in Mexico. He was in, like, telenovelas and, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, yo, dude. Conan was like Fabio. Yeah. The US, that was Conan to Mexico. Yeah, he was. It was weird because he's not even Mexican, but he was just no, such a big. Cuban. Yeah, he was such a big star here. Like. He's Cuban? Yeah. He's Cuban, bro. 
Why you tell me that? He's Cuban, B. Yeah, bro. I used to I used to get so mad when my mom Razor Ramon would come on. My mom's like, he's not even Latino. <laughs> I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Look, yeah. look how tan he is. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and the motherfucker's Irish. <laughs> yeah. Big Scott Hall, bro. Let me ask you a question. Like, so what is your opinion on Mexican wrestlers in today's age? You know, like the whole luchador, like that was like, you know, I, 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 like in my opinion, I don't know how big that, that still is. Um, so what is just your whole viewpoint on Mexican wrestlers in 2020? Man, I think I mean it's just it's a it's it's a more acrobatic and I think it's a more it's always been like a more choreographed style, you know? Like there's a lot more like, you know, they say the flippy shit. There's a lot more like you know, moonsaults and planchas and all these, you know, fucking crazy ass corkscrews and, you know, shooting star press and all this shit. And that, but like Mex, and which is tight. I mean, it's dope. Like, but I always feel like, like, uh, there's no, there's, you get pigeonholed, I think, a lot of the times. It's like, it's like, oh, like Lucha House Party, Lucha, Lucha. It's like, you know, very few guys like Eddie Guerrero or um, like Alberto Del Rio, who's also a piece of shit in real life. (laughs) Like, after what I just heard about this motherfucker, bro, Jesus Christ! Bruh. And like, um, and like uh, Andrade, Andrade, like very few get to like just like break through and like be themselves, you know? Like, so, but I, I think even like the lucha, the lucha lords when they come to WWE, they have to like adapt their style and make it a more like WWE style, um. So I mean, here it's it's still it's still a thing, you know. It's still huge, the that style of wrestling, and it's just it's just really weird because it's so like in in lucha libre, it's so like like black and white. It's like oh, you're a technical or you're a rudo. You're a bad guy or a good guy. There's no nuance. Whereas like you know, The Rock and Stone Cold are bad are good guys who do bad shit. <laughs> Right, like, the wrestler right now in WWE, like yeah, yeah. There's that. Do- yeah, you see a face, like yeah. It's, so it's very like there's no nuance except for like uh, you know, like Rush and Naito and those guys when they clicked up, like they were like bad guys, but you know, cool bad guys. It's cool to cheer for them, and it's, it's weird because like in every other like uh, every other pueblo in in the country. It's very like boo the bad guys, boo the bad guys, like cheer the good guys. But Mexico City is kind of like a smart town, right? So when the bad guys come out, everyone cheers because like because Mexico City is a bad place. It's like it's cutthroat. It's not it's it's not an easy place. It's you know there's it's, it's kind of dark sometimes. So like when Rush and all those guys come out, it's like you know I've seen like like abuelas and like all these guys like cuss out like Atlantis who's like the John Cena of Mexico you know like throw shit at him but to see like the old abuelas doing that oh my god I'm just like and even like the little kids like a la verga Atlantis (laughs) a la verga (laughs) but see that that right there that's the culture though yeah 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 and it and it translates through any type of language and yeah you know people got to feel and people got to understand it like everybody sees um los single for what they are in japan yeah you know now 
in in the states to to a certain degree, but you you got to know the culture before yeah. before fucking with it. You know yeah, those guys are cool, man. Like, and they're all fucking stars, bro. Like, Sonata oh, is a star. Like, oh, it's like, yo, you got Evil Nido. is a star. Yeah, you know, you got Nido as like the double champion, <laughs> two belts, <laughs> two belt Nido. You know what I'm saying? And then you got uh, Roosh. You got Roosh and ROH doing this. Yeah. Thing. And then I'm just like, yo, they need to give Andrade that that push. Yeah. Andrade even said that, like, he talked to Vince about all that shit. Vince is like, yo, learn the language and you could do it. Yeah. Like he's, he's giving. Been, you he's been getting more mic time lately. He's been like cutting yeah. a little more, but it's like, yo, but man. But it's gotta. That's gotta be. That's gotta be hard though. Like when that's not your first. I mean, he obviously speaks English. He understands it. But it, when that's not like your native idioma and you, you know, like you're used to expressing yourself in Spanish only and cutting your promos in Spanish, then all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, now you're here, learn English and do it this way. Not just learn English, but learn WWE English to and talk to our audience. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And for him to do that and, and embrace it and not just like, you know, like be like, nah, 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 what are you talking about? Let, let's try to like, you know, work on something. Yeah. He embraced everything and is going full throttle with it. And you can see yeah. it every Monday night, him doing what he's doing. He's good, man. He's, yo, he's, he's phenomenal, bro. When I used to see him in NXT, I'm like, yo, why are they treating yo, him that way? Yo, and his, but that match with, uh, with Johnny Wrestling, Gargano. <sighs> That was that's that's an all time banger, man. That's like anger right there. Hell yeah, bro. People are gonna be like ten years from now. People are gonna look back and be like, oh, that's the fucking that. That's the las sombras right there. Yeah, yeah, man, bro. When he came out with the man, when he came out with the uh, remember when he came out with like the mariachis and the mask. Yep. And, he, and, he and then took he that. took it off. I was <laughs> like, yo, that was against um uh, uh, uh Alistair Black. Drew McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. Oh, McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It was crazy. And then even uh, uh, the announcer was like, in, Mex- in Mexico, he made his name as La Sombra. Like, yeah. even acknowledging that is like, that's the thing. That's, that's, that's huge. Why, that's why I love Mauro Ronaldo, bro. Yeah. His knowledge about the entertainment business of pro wrestling. Yeah. So, like, key to everything. Especially <laughs> bringing up NXT. Yeah. You know I mean? Especially bringing that up. Before we let go on what we're talking about now and, you know, cut, cut and everything, I wanted to get your thoughts on AEW. Love it. Love it. Love it. I, lo- I love this. I, I mean, I think they're, I think all the pay-per-views have been fire. Yeah. And I think they're slowly getting uh, – because, you know, once you go to weekly TV, it's not, just re- you're, it's, a, it's, a, it's not just wrestling. It's an entertainment show. So I think they're still trying to, like uh, – and I think they've been getting better at it before, like, the pandemic happened and they had to go no audience. But it's just, like, little things like camera shots, entrances, you know. Uh, yeah. So I think – but I think they got a good thing. And I, and I like that there's, you know, aside from TNA, I like that there's another, like, big-time, you know, option. I think, I think they need to go maybe smaller theaters uh, for the presentation because they can't, you know – I mean, they're they're doing obviously the numbers and for the pay per view events, but like it's weird when they're in a you know twenty thousand seat arena and half of it is blacked out, and they got like you know five thousand eight thousand people there. So I think maybe that would that would spice up the presentation. But I think, but I also understand they're going for big stadium feel. They want to be like, yo, we're not the impact zone. This is yeah. where where we w. But I, I think they're doing a good job. 
Um, Moxley's on fire. Sammy Guevara is going to be – he's yeah, already yeah, popping. Yeah, going to kill shit soon, bro. Yeah, he's – you know, soon they're going to break him out from – because now he's just taking the pinfalls, but he's like the most entertainment – him and Jericho are the most entertaining shit every week, you know? So I think they're doing good things. Um, obviously, you know, it's not the best, but it's it's – it's a good start. It's a strong product, and it's gonna only get better, hopefully. So, but maybe, maybe they could. Uh, my whole thing is like, maybe uh, cut back on some of the bringing out some of the old timers. Like, I get it, legacy, the legacy of Arn Anderson, and yeah. you know, Jake the Snake could still cut a good promo. But like, bro, I don't need to see Telly Blanchard. His promos are crazy though, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love Telly Blanchard and, and Arn Anderson, but like, like you want to see him strut. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe that's like, you know, don't and work on the talent you have, build your in-home talent, and don't be so, don't lean so heavy on. Hey, remember this guy? We got him from this promotion. Like, but like, I mean, I think that's that's inevitable. You know, like TNA did it. TNA turned into a fucking. It just turned into WCW at the end. Like Hogan and Sting and Booker T. And I'm like, okay, you got you literally have one thing they can't do. Yeah, I was like, bro, you got Samoa Joe and you got AJ Styles and you know you got Black Machismo. Like, like, like we don't need to see Hogan every week. Like, we don't need to see Ric Flair. Like, you know, God bless him. Like, oh, definitely, don't definitely. don't lean. Like, yo, if you want to cut them a check and get them involved on the program, you know, cool. Get them as producers. Get them as fucking. Yeah, you know, sprinkle them in there. Sprinkle, sprinkle them, in. them in, like you know, to come like a uh, backstage, backstage producers. You know, like when there's like a big fight, you know, the the management comes out and breaks up the wrestlers. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> that's cool. But like, man, I don't need like an Arn Anderson segment. I don't not in 2020. Like, nah, nah, you don't need to see him go and uh, spine buster somebody and shit like that. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> it, and it make and and like shit like that. That shit doesn't make like no sense. Like Arn Anderson was like the arch one of the arch nemesis of Cody Rhodes dad like why would he be in his corner exactly he he better <laughs> turn on him soon yeah like the four like, horsemen like yeah, beat the shit out of dusty every week forehead something bro he got to do something break his arm something yeah bro like he did with his dad he broke his arm bro break break fucking yeah. Cody's arm that would be it's a- just like little little uh little story continuities like that yeah so yeah, that, but I like it though, man. I wanted to go to Double or Nothing, but that shit ain't. That shit ain't popping now. You gotta wait yeah. till next year. <laughs> I ain't getting on no airplane for nothing. Fuck. Not for, what they say in New York? Not for nothing. Not, <laughs> not for, for nothing. <laughs> not for. Uh, might not never get on a plane. Ever. Yeah, I might not <laughs> never. Dead ass. Dead Yo, speak. I just want to say thank you, bro. I I appreciate this. I appreciate the time that you gave us. Man, always, bro. Yo, man, this this is great, man. Yo, like we said earlier, as soon as everything is cleared up and people can go wherever it is, the minute you drop down in New York, man, just give a holler to us, man. We out. I'm pulling up, man. I'm pulling up. I need I need some some gocho stat. I know you know where it's at. Where is it? Listen, listen. I'll tell my moms to make the sancocho, bro. bro. I will come through. I'll bring you a bottle of some fine uh, Mexican mezcal. We'll break some bread. We'll uh-huh. do this proper, too. Uh-huh. There we go. Sancocho is fire. You already know, bro. <laughs> and she make her own hot sauce, bro. Ooh. We got it. Yes, sir. Who, who's your, you know, being lyrical? Because I know lyrics is something that, you know, 
you're proud of. You're proud of your lyrics. Super um, proud, yes. So who was your influences as far as like being lyrical? Man, when I was <clears throat> when I was younger, I mean, there's always like someone who pops up like as time progresses who I'm like, yo, this I really admire this person. But I think like influence wise, like when I was younger, like loved Jay, I loved Cam, I always loved uh maybe not so much lyrics, but flow wise, Snoop Dogg, but like lyrics, I loved Cam. I love Jay. Uh, man, I loved Yasin Bey, then known as Most Deaf. Like, man, I just thought he was, he had, man, he's like, he has that Q-tip quality, right? Where like, when he starts rapping, you automatically know it's his voice. For sure. Like, you know, I always feel like a, like a, like a, like a workman. Cause like, you know, like, uh, I, maybe I don't have like the natural voice of like one of my homies, like Vince, right? Like when Vince Staples raps, you, you know, his voice cuts through the track and you're like, oh, that's Vince. Um, I never had like that Q-tip quality. So like, I always feel like I just had to be just, I had to be technical. I had to have flavor, but like, man, uh, Cameron, most deaf. Any rapper uh, from Mexico? Man, I was, I was really, really like, uh, can throw a machete. Like they were like the NWA of Mexico. Like, yeah. man, like, uh, yeah, man, like uh, Cartel de Santa is really good. You know, there's some 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 heavy hitters, man. Uh, the new wave of, of Mexican rap is fire. Like, you know, dudes like Yoga Fire, who's the homie, uh, Aliman. It's crazy because like, oh, like Aliman, man, he's like on Spotify billboards out here doing a fucking billion streams a year, and really? you know, selling out like the state, like the you know, doing like 10k in attendance selling 10,000 tickets for people to come see him at the auditoriums and shit, man. So like, hopefully he could break through and, you know, and really hit, uh, you know, maybe like Los Angeles, New York states with, uh, with large Latino communities, you know, like he, there's no reason why he shouldn't be doing those numbers in, in Los Angeles or Arizona or Texas, New Mexico, Nevada, New York, where there's Chicago, where there's lots of Latinos, Miami. And then once you get those cities on Smash, the rest of fucking it's 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 Iowa and all them, you know? Yeah, because they're going to they're gonna want to jump on your wave, dude. All these people from Arkansas, Iowa, whatever, they're going to be like, yo, who's this, you know, who's this dude from Puerto Rico? Who's this dude from Mexico that's doing a million views on YouTube and uh, who could sell out these venues? But yeah, man, like, also like Wayne, I liked Wayne a lot. Um, you know, I liked I liked Kanye a lot. Like his his first album drop when uh his first album drop when I was like a junior in high school and it was just it was super different. Um but I'm trying to think who else? Beanie Siegel, oh fucking Beans, Freeway. These are like the albums that like I'm trying to think like who's like lyrics and albums like really kind of like I still bump that Philadelphia Freeway album. I love that shit. That early rock shit. Like, oh hell yeah. yeah, there's a yeah. lot of East Coast hip hop influence. Yeah, a lot, and um, it's weird because like a lot of people, and I, I mean, living in California, I mean, obviously, like, you know, things like Dr. Dre, and I do, I love TDE, I love Kendrick and Q and all them. But like at at that time, I was I was listening to like a lot of. A lot of East Coast stuff. I mean, when I was when I was listening to West Coast stuff, it was things like, you know, I really liked E40, who's like E40's the right. shit, man. 
Yo, John. E40, E40, yeah. E40 is like our Noriega, bro. Yo, Ghostface. It was just his birthday uh, yesterday. Yeah. Ghostface is another big one. Ghostface and Raekwon are like red man. It's weird because like a lot of people like, you know, always like, oh, like LA, like underground West Coast music. Did you like, uh, you know, uh, Freestyle Fellowship and MERS and like Dilated Peoples and this and that? I'm like, no, like mm -hmm. when I was in high school, like, you know, I wish we had the weather where I could wear Tim's. That like it doesn't exist in California. You know what I mean? Like, like I just I, I I was more drawn I was more drawn to like that production, and and at the time at the time like you know I love like I love DJ Quick West Coast wise DJ Quick for sure like producer rapper genius yeah but like uh, but a lot of it was like. Just very like, I'm a gangster. I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to, you know, I'm in my low low. I'm drinking 40s. Yeah, LA. Like, and I'm like, all right. Like, like I, I felt it. I felt things like DJ Quick, but like, I was just like the things that were happening at the time on the East Coast and even in the South, like, like juvenile, like early Little Wayne. Yes. It just, it seemed like because, you know, we are living in California, like, New York might as New York might as well have been fucking China when I was a little kid. Like you dream of that shit. Like seriously. Like, like you know. Like damn, I wonder what that's like. Where you would open up like a Source or Double XL or whatever magazine, and you know you would you would see all like these photos of shows and these reviews of albums and and uh, you know the like the photography of like, oh, we interviewed uh, Mos Def and Talib Kweli. Oh, we interviewed Raekwon. We interviewed 50 Cent, you know, and you're just like, damn, like, because people like, like that was, people did not look like that. People didn't dress like that on the West Coast. So it was like seeing, like and seeing a whole different world. And then you listen to the music and you're like, oh shit, like, damn, this shit's crazy. So Sorry, I was just I was just thinking that I never have to like. Exp all good, all good. Yeah, I never. It's weird because like I never have to like. No one ever asked me that kind of stuff. Everyone just like assumes like I'm some like weirdo art rapper who like who's not from this and like nah, who, who didn't grow up in this. So like honestly, like being being I rap too and um I I uphold lyrics to the fullest highest level. Like if you're not lyrical, I might not never hear you. Yeah, um, like the fact you know, I, I've heard you spit. You know, I heard you on your, you know, drop Vader and you know, I was just digging your your like your freestyles. I haven't jumped into your music much, but I listened to like pretty much all your freestyles. Man, thank you. Um, yeah, the music is a I'm trip. I'm fucking with it. I'm fucking Man, with it. Thank you. It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking. We're looking forward to you in the future, bro. For real. Man, thank you for having me. Man, we're gonna we're gonna for real. Man, stay safe. Stay healthy. Love to you guys and your families, man. When when this shit's over, mezcal, sancocho, and we'll get another one in. <laughs> Yo, you already know mezcal, sancocho, and a, a un poquito de burugal. I need that. You smoked that, you smoked that uptown haze yet? Man, no, I haven't. Man, last time I was in New York, we were smoking sour. We we're smoking a lot of sour. Oh, no, no, no. We got, we got to take them. We got, we got to take them. I need the uptown haze. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was, that was the high haze, for sure. I, I need that, man. Make you feel different, bro. <laughs> I like that. I'm, I'm a different guy, so I need that vibration. It might unlock something, you know? Yeah, that shit is all culture. You're only going to find that shit... Up, uptown haze, I like that. Uptown haze. Uptown, so that's what's up. Y'all don't be smoking like cookies and all that shit that they smoke yeah. on the West Coast a little yeah, bit. Yeah. 
we got the high grade from Cali. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. but the but the uptown is the the the, the hometown it. special. Forget about it. Oh, I love I love that. Never smoked it anywhere. Never seen it. Yet. And just a quick, you know, I keep telling this damn story just because I'm just amazed by this shit. So back in the day, we used to go uptown, 16, 17 years old, to cop the haze, right? I'm 37. So that's like over 20 years ago, right? So I got reintroduced to the haze. You know, I, a lot better weed has been around in New York. Like, haven't needed to go all the way uptown to get some weed. And I reconnected with the haze and just like instantly it was like nostalgic. Like it just took me back to my teens. Man. It looked the same. It broke up the same. It smoked. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, how the fuck have they maintained this haze? All this, haze? this way. Love it. Like, every Fire. other bud that I've ever smoked my life has like either evolved, evolved. Like the sour that we're smoking now is super trash compared to what it was. Early yeah, yeah. You know, in the in the but two the haze never change, baby. That's tight. I need I need some of the haze, bro. That shit is not. It's still dark orange hairs. If you listen, Nas got a song called Purple, right? And that shit came out, I think, in like two thousand. Like oh two. Got a song yeah. called Purple, and he's talking about the haze. And he, the way he described it, I'm like looking at the. I'm looking at the haze, like, and it's he's literally describing it exactly how it looked in my hand in 2020. Well, it's just like it's just my mind is just like conspiracy theory. Like, how the fuck have they managed to do this? Like, they're loyal to the brand, the branding, bro. You gotta, you feel like, because you know, like, like when I'm out here and someone's like, "Yo, we got some of that Cali Kush," and I look at, it, I'm like, "This is not a California Kush." Nah, I was like, it might be like you know a hybrid or whatever. But I was like, you, you know, you know what I mean? Like when you got when you got some sour, when you got some uh, blue dream, or when you got some Kush. Or whatever, like, so I feel that man. That's like, damn, just that yeah, it put you in that haze, bro. You like yeah, yeah. sent you back in time, bro. Yeah, this is what, this is what here, bro. We got you, smoking twenty four seven purple haze, to the point where they named it their fucking album. Purple yeah, yeah. That that weed is different, and yeah, for sure. When you out here, bro, we're gonna we're gonna link, man. It's all love. Stop it. <laughs> you already know. But yo, speak. Thank you for everything, my brother. Um, man, always, plug man. Yo, plug, plug in uh, all your social medias. Plug in everything. You know what I'm saying? Man, Twitter and IG are the same. Speaks, S-P-E-A-K with a Z at the end. Man, you can find me there talking shit, being stupid. Uh, or uh, Spotify, iTunes. You know, we crack the algorithm. So when you look for speak, I'm like the first shit that pops up. So Excellent. like we got enough streams. So like we got a little, you know, we got a little pool they now. They're going to see that leaf right there. You already know. Homebody EP out now. I might drop another one in like two weeks. We'll see. We got the music. Beautiful. Man, it's, it's all love, man. Yeah, that's you on the joint. That's me. Beautiful. <laughs> on top of Mexico City that's looking like a fire. Bro, see? on top. Top of my apartment in Mexico City. I'm with all this energy right here, dog. Yeah, man. You know, that's my little Nakamura shit. My little, you, ah, you know. There you go. You know, I always pay, I always pay homage. No, no, don't stop doing that, man. what you're doing, man. Keep going, bro. Come man, on. we got to, bro. Y'all be safe. Yo, you too, man. You have to sorry. Yo, speak. Hit me, man. Send me the links when this shit drops, too, man. So we can, definitely, we can, definitely, we can definitely. push it. Do everything, brother. Sure. Man, it's love, man. Be safe. Peace. Peace.
for life. <laughs> Y'all seen that Mexican kid that rhymed on LA Leakers? What's his name? I don't know. Mexican kid on LA Leakers. That's his name? Google Mexican him. Kid? Oh, he, he is hard. I did so much blow that I had to change my name. Got the gold rope, now I'm Big Zaddy Kane. Origami flowers flying on a paper crane. I was born to fuck it up. I'm the only one to blame. My name rings bells like chirp next tails. While twerking cells still getting no pussy. I mob like goody. Pull the trigger, shitty. Depends, little bitch. You wanna slide like pussy? I'm not making up dances for the pre-teens. I'm a triple bean dream. Talk about it, mean gene. My interviews got me on a no-fly list. Made it to Havana, top of flight with the mileage. We don't need no Change, but with radical views, you know that hardcore heaven or the anarchy rules. Shoot the 